0: Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you, as it always is, by Aaron Bowersock, your longhorn lender. Bowersockteam.com is where you need to go to get that awesome service that Craig and his lovely wife got when they made the move to Georgetown. Craig has nothing but great things to say about how easy Aaron and her team made the home loan process. Bowersockteam.com. Get with Aaron Bowersock for all your home loan needs. She is your longhorn lender. Cameron, I want to talk a little spring ball. We started talk, we talked a little bit about it on the Longhorn Blitz podcast. I wanted to kind of do a little spring preview, but we ended up talking way more about the combine just because one of my co-hosts on that podcast has gone through the NFL combine and knows mm-hmm. about the meat grinder that it is, so I always love getting Rod's thoughts around combine time. So we talked a little bit more about the draft prospects of the five guys in Indianapolis, uh, the five Texas products in Indianapolis, and kind of, you know, Bijan, is, is it a negative or a positive that... He's doing all the on-field drills and testing. You can go get the Longhorn Blitz podcast uh, anywhere you get your podcast, like I said earlier. But we started talking about, towards the end of the podcast, started talking about spring football and talking about position groups or players that have you really intrigued during spring practice. And they almost have to take quarterback out of the equation, right, because everybody wants to know how Quinn's development is going to go in the spring with a full year in the program, a full year in Sark's offense everybody's going to want to know how things are going with Arch Manning, even even Malik Murphy. I think Malik Murphy's development going to be top of mind for a lot of people. But, Cameron, I'll see if you're on the same page with Rod and myself and Matt. Give me a position group player, something that's top of mind for you that you'll be tracking from the start of spring practice on Monday through the spring game in April.
1: Hmm. For me, I would say probably either defensive line since – Morrow and Coburns are gone.
0: Interior interior or edge? Probably edge. Edge, okay.
1: Go with the edge. And then, honestly, outside of Xavier Worthy, receiver position. We've heard a lot about Isaiah Nayer. How will he look coming off the ACL? What will he be at? Will he be at 90%, 80%? Can he reach 100%? Probably unlikely. And who else will step up? Is it going to be a good year from Casey Kane? He he was kind of benched for a couple games last year, Jeff, and finally made it a... Reemergence in the the Alamo Bowl very oh, yeah. briefly after
0: that drop in the Iowa State game. That was we it. didn't we didn't see him nope. for a minute. You know, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Rod and I. Both, look, I, any spring I'm always curious about the offensive line, but Rod yeah. said the offensive line because go look at just how Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson how they maximized runs last year. I mean, Bijan led the nation in missed tackles forced. I think Rojo led the nation in. I'll look it up at PFF, but I think it was yards after contact per attempt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Roshan led the country. I mean, that's two backs that maximized every opportunity they got to run, run the football. And I think we saw the bowl game a little bit, and I've criticized Sark's game plan for the, for the bowl game, but there's no sense in going back down that road. I just felt like the offensive line, that was maybe the most disappointing aspect of the bowl loss, just the way they played. Uh, their presence or lack thereof just kind of the way Washington dominated the line of scrimmage when Texas tried to run the football, didn't get a lot of push. Uh, so the way that group develops, uh, because you know you've got a couple of guys dealing with injuries. You know Connor Robertson had off-season injury, off-season surgery. So has Cole Hudson. Uh, here, maybe some runlins that DJ Campbell might be dealing with something. So, but you still got plenty of guys. Not just with the the Jay, you know, guys like Jaden Chapman and and Andre Kojo, guys that are, you know, Connor Stroh, guys that are in for the spring. But think about a guy like I one guy I've been thinking about, Came, I want to see which of these young guys are going to rise. Because not all of these guys are going to be here for the long haul. Some of these guys are going to realize they're they're unable to climb the depth chart, they're blocked, and they're going to have to go somewhere else. Like a guy like Nato Zulu right didn't see a lot of him last year but i felt like in the middle, the the few spots we did see him was really good uh, is he a guy that can emerge as, as a legitimate depth guy or a starting caliber player uh and you know malik ogbo kind of still still an unknown not kind of he still is an unknown it was looked at more as more of a project guy Kelvin Banks is right there to me with Jatavian Sanders as far as being maybe your most indispensable player on offense, like the guy that you can least afford to lose. I think it's kind of 1A, 1B with Jatavian Sanders and Kelvin Banks Uh, because I I think even at quarterback, whether it's Arch Manning or Malik Murphy, I think there's enough around the quarterback that you can cobble something together. Man, if you lose Kelvin Banks, do you have a backup left tackle that's an NFL caliber left tackle? No, you don't. Do you? Do you have a, t- a backup tight end that's a legitimate NFL caliber tight end that has a, the the chance to be a day one pick, a first round pick? No, you don't. So I think those two guys are irreplaceable. And speaking about Kelvin Banks, Christian Jones coming back for another year. You know, you've got Hayden Connor, Jake Majors. You're at least going to have four of the five guys available that started every game for you last year, uh, but it's to me, it's just can that that group has to take a step forward. That group exceeded my expectations last year, Ken. But I, I had the bar set really low, knowing that you got a lot of new faces. There's a lot of turnover. Uh, you know, I, we knew Kelvin Banks was good. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be that good that quick. I didn't. I thought I figured it would take him some time to get going. Man, you talk about him getting thrown in the fire. I mean, Will Anderson had some moments in that Alabama game, but it's not like he just dominated for four quarters. And a lot of that goes back to the job Kelvin Banks did. So I'm going to see which those guys rise. I'm with you on the edge, guys, because we talked about the edge position in 2021 and what a detriment it was to the defense. I mean, that, that group was a liability. I, I forget the number because I charted it. I think it was almost seven yards a carry. Opponents average in twenty twenty one on runs that hit from the C gap and out, yeah, almost seven, I think it was like six point nine in change is what opponents were average. It was brutal. Texas was on the edge, but you know the presence of Baron Sorrell last year, being able to make plays, Big year. really really elevated that position. And man, say what you want about Ovia Gofu, Ovia a guy that man you never had to worry about him being on the field. Like he's a, a he was a serviceable player. But now, Oviagofu's gone. You know, you got Barron Sorel back. Who's going to be that other bookend? Is it Justice Finkley? Is it Jay Montapp? Is it – could it be Ethan Burke? Is it Colton Vosick coming in from Westlake for the spring? You know, I, I, I'm interested to see in terms of guys that intrigue me, sticking with that defensive line, how and where does Jure Bledsoe fit into this yeah. mix? Because I know you hear the reports, Cam, that, yeah. that we've got at twenty Horse 24-7 and that other people have. Anytime you talk to sources about, hey, who's standing out, who's ready to make a jump, his name gets mentioned really, really quick in terms of a guy that just elite athleticism, uh, you know, didn't play his senior year of high school, but got in last spring. You could tell there was a learning curve, but really made strides throughout the fall and into bowl season. I mean, that's not just off-the-record stuff. I mean, Sark has mentioned yeah, him he's talked about multiple him. times. He's mentioned Jare Bledsoe when talking about guys that have a chance to take, take a step forward. So I'm with you on the edge, guys, in terms of seeing who's going to step up to be that booking with Baron Sorrell. The only other position that I can think of that I'm really focused on, off-ball linebacker and who's going to be that guy that replaces DeMarvin Overshown next to Jalen Ford. You know, is it a guy that I'm really high on in Mo Blackwell? Anthony Hill's talented enough to be that guy. You know, is a freshman ready to step in yeah, is he ready? and be that guy? Um, is it, you know, does a guy like David Benda, you know, we, we see this all the time, man, guys sometimes late in their careers, man, they just have that surge and they really haven't done anything for two, three, four years. And then all of a sudden, boom, they have that surge and, and they're players of significance their last year in the program so David Mendez got a chance but uh, I mean I'm thinking it's going to be more of Anthony Hill or Mo Blackwell but that position is so key because overshone did so many different things you were able to move them around because of how good Jalen Ford was I just feel like Mo Blackwell's got that the skill set that can most replicate what overshone brought to the table a little bit different but you talk about a guy that played that hybrid hybrid position in high school He's been at safety. He's been at linebacker. Uh, you know, does he have the ability to rush off the edge? How is he in blitz situations? You still got to figure that out. But I think in terms of skill set, it's it's not an apples to apples deal, but it's most comparable to what you got from Overshown. Yeah, Blackwell, what you get from Blackwell.
1: He definitely showed some stuff on the stretch in that second half of the season, right? But let me ask you this: So if he steps into the off-ball linebacker spot, because he did play a little bit safety, if I remember correctly, yep. who steps in at safety alongside? Jaron Thompson, are you thinking Jalen Gilbo? Or because that, that safety spot then it becomes a question mark for me because I thought after last year that Blackwell would probably play safety, but it makes sense because no one was really sure that David yeah. Benda could play that off ball linebacker spot. So it makes more sense because Blackwell has that hybrid experience, and that's what Marvin Overshone was coming out of high school.
0: If uh, J- Jalen Catalan's healthy, to me that that's cha- right, that changes not okay. only that changes not only your the complexion. Of, well, Jalen Gilbo is a factor though too. I mean he's in a factor in somewhere, whether it's at corner yeah, or, or safety. Or safety. Uh, and I think that's the – maybe he's the guy that gets cross-trained because I think somebody at corner is getting cross-trained at safety. Just to – you know, if you decide that B.J. Allen or Larry Turner Gooden aren't ready, maybe you just want a, a, a presence of a guy who's played a little bit. Maybe Gilbo slides back there because you're, you're pretty good at corner now. Yeah. I think with, with Ryan Watts coming back – Uh we, we talked about Ryan Watts earlier in the week when we talked about the guys that made decisions to come back who's got the most to gain, you know, how does the NFL view Ryan Watts? Texas views him as a damn good boundary corner. So with Watts coming back, Terrence Brooks played really well late in the year. So I think you're good at corner. Uh, Gilbo, at the very least, he'll back up Jaday Barrett at that star position. But I mean, if Jalen getting back to safety, Jalen Catalan's healthy, changes not only the complexion of that position, it changes your whole defense. Because, man, I mean, you go back to 2020 when he was healthy as a redshirt freshman at Arkansas – Freshman All-American, mm-hmm. first-team All-SEC. was one of the most productive defensive players, period, in the SEC. He's just been hurt every year since.
1: He was a guy that in the Arkansas game, we watched him and was like, hey, yeah. man, we Texas could really use a safety like him. And unfortunately, he's just been bitten by the injury bug the last two years. I forgot about him because if he can stay healthy like you mentioned, Jeff, sure. that, that's that's huge for the defense because there's a pool of a lot of young guys from about two classes ago, right? You mentioned Jamon tabdre Bledsoe and the defensive back Austin Jordan, Larry Turner, Larry Turner Gooden, Xavion Bryce, even like who's yeah. going to step up from these guys. Vernon Broughton's another name. Someone has to step up because CB
0: mentioned Alfred Collins uh, contract you know, year. That's that's a guy that we've seen him for so long in this area, man. He's got everything you want. Like I think Alfred Collins, regardless, unless he just has an awful year, I think he's going to get drafted just based on measurables.
1: Yes, he should. Somebody's going to take a no flyer on him
0: like sixth, seventh round. Someone will take a flyer on him thinking, oh, gee, I can turn this guy into something. Yes. Um, But, yeah, Collins' guy, with what you lost, losing Anthony Cook, I mean, and think about it. Lost think,
1: four guys, lost four DBs.
0: Think about it from this standpoint, though. With the guys that we're talking about stepping up that you really – maybe you've they haven't been in starting caliber, they haven't been in, in prominent roles or you've seen a flash, they haven't put it all together. Think about this time last year. We were really curious how that transition was going to go for for Anthony Cook going to safety. And other than Jalen Ford, Anthony Cook might have been your most consistent player on defense last year. Like Cook, Coburn. Ford, they're all they were all in that discussion. He played with one arm, the Alamo Bowl. Played the last five games of the year with a broken forearm. Just I I have nothing but respect for what Anthony Cook did in the second half of the year. So there's that part of it. And then, you know, a guy like Keandre Coburn, I mean, we talked about it on the blitz. I was sitting here a year ago saying, Man, I think Coburn just played too much in 2021. I think Byron Murphy needs to probably get some of his snaps. Coburn needs to play less. And credit Colburn for putting in the work. Credit Bo Davis for getting him there. Keandre Colburn became a really productive, disruptive three-down player. I mean, he was one of the better pass rushers in the Big 12. When you look at pressure rate and just raw number of pressures, he was, I think he's third on the team in total pressures last year. That's coming that's coming from basically a nose tackle that's able to get to the quarterback that often that can punch the pocket and disrupt to that level that he's one of your better pass rushers. So those were guys that we were talking about this time last year, we weren't sure what it was going to look like. I say the same thing for Deshaun in at corner coming off of a not good year in 21. So we saw guys elevate themselves last year. So it's certainly possible. But I to me, Jalen Catalan's the key. And as long as you find somebody that can run with Jalen Ford at that off-ball linebacker position, you got a bunch of guys. Basically, Cam, here's where I am with 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 off-ball linebacker. Like I think safety, whether you put Gilbo back there, Barron, maybe you cross train him, whatever. You've got enough pieces that you can mix around to have, at the very least, a competent secondary and maybe even a good secondary with the pieces you've got. Take Catalan out of the equation. I would love for Sark and PK and Jeff Choate to get to the end of spring practice and have a conversation between the three of them and say, hey, we like what we got. We don't need to go into the portal for off-ball linebacker or edge. With what we've got, we can we can not only get by we feel good about it good enough that we don't need to add anybody from the portal
1: and that's the Anthony Hill effect right
0: yeah Anthony Hill or Mo Blackwell or if you decide man maybe you can platoon both of them maybe you can kind of money ball Overshown skill set with those two guys situationally they can do some different things and maybe it's based on opponent you might like one over the other they might one might play more than the other so I you got the pieces but this spring is going to be fun to watch just from a player development standpoint to see. Can these guys that you need to rise to get to where you want to be, can they make those strides? All right, take a break, come back. Inconceivable, going to close out hour number one of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.